Well, last week, for those of you that may not have been able to be here, we had a guest preacher by the name of Francis Matumba, who's from Malawi, clergyman from Malawi, who was here for uh, two weeks of study with the Anglican Leadership Institute. Uh, it's an opportunity for clergy from around the world, and, and including bishops, to gather together in Charleston. It's offset by contributions uh, for these clergymen to come for refreshment and renewal and study here. And, uh, and Francis, I met Francis on Friday as I was teaching there, and he came on Sunday and Kathy already knew him, and he preached here. And he gave a wonderful message. Uh, and he, one of the things he talked about was the gospel reading for today. We gave him the opportunity to choose whatever scriptures he wanted, so he chose the gospel reading for today. I didn't know that. So when I went to look at the scriptures for today, I thought, oh, that's interesting, the lectionary. So I thought what I would do is I would take part of what he said, and piggyback on that from the gospel to the epistle. Because he said something really, really great from the gospel that we can take then and through that magnifying glass, look at the epistle. And what he said was, a lot of people refer to themselves, call themselves Christian, nominally. That is to say, in name, we refer to ourselves as Christian. If someone were to say, what religion are you or what faith do you, do you have? You might say, I'm a Christian. But are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? And that's a big question, and it could be a big difference. Because even though you're a Christian nominally, maybe because of your family background, maybe because... You were baptized into Christianity, maybe because you had to hang your tag on some kind of faith. But really, are you active and involved and committed to following in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, to serving the Lord and serving other people, to really growing in the knowledge and love of him and actively serving in his church as a disciple. Because if you look at what Jesus did in his earthly ministry, was he gathered people around him to follow him. That's what we see in the gospel. And then if you look at the epistle, that's really what Paul is talking about. In fact, over and over again in all of the letters of Paul, outside of maybe one or two, he's writing to people because they have misunderstood the call on their lives or they've been misdirected by false teachers or their own desires. And they followed a different way, their own way. And they've gone astray. That's why most of the New Testament was written. In fact, Paul's letter to the Galatians has a great line in it. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1. Paul writes, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? In other words, why are you going where you're going? Why are you following what you're following? It makes no sense given the fact that you were given the gospel. You've been misled. And as Paul writes in the, in the passage in Corinthians that we have today, you've become slaves of a human master. 
In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Lead a life worthy to the calling to which you've been called. You've been called to follow Christ. You look at his life. That's the life you want to shoot for. That's the life you want to live. See, when a lot of people say they're Christian, it may mean little to nothing. Because it just looks like the world. And Paul's saying, take this call on your life seriously. And Paul, in this passage that we have today, actually writes the life that the Lord has assigned you. Now, when you're given an assignment, what do you do with that? You know, sometimes if you don't like the assignment, you say, I'm not doing that. Or I'm going to do that my way. But the life that the Lord has assigned you. You know, if you think about it, the life that the Lord has assigned you actually has general principles or a general call that applies to everyone. That's the call to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, to walk in his footsteps. But there's also a call that's specific to your life. No one is exactly like you. Right? I mean, just look around. As I look at everybody here, no one looks exactly like anyone else. Trust me. I'm looking at all of you. That's the reality. No one looks like anyone else. No one is like anyone else. No one has your gifts, your talents, your opportunities in life. No one has your relationships, family or friendships No one is in the exact same place that you are and have your life experiences. No one. Isn't that interesting to think about? So when God has placed you where he has placed you, you have a specific call on your life. Yes, you have the general call to be a disciple, to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, to bear his fruit, To obey his commandments. But because of the position, the unique position that you're in, the unique person that you are, God has given you a specific call to your life. I think that's wonderful to think about. I think about the early apostles. Toward the end of John's gospel, after the resurrection... Jesus is in a conversation, John 21, with Peter and John. Now, you've got two completely different guys. If you look and read the Gospels and you read Peter and John, you'll see two different guys. They had some similarities, okay? They were both fishermen. John, in fact, was known as a son of thunder. Might have been like kind of a gang, you know? Peter was a loudmouth Speak first, think later. Kind of in your face at times. Bull in a china shop kind of guy. Whereas John actually refers to himself in the writing of his gospel as the beloved disciple. So you've got two completely different guys. And so 
when Jesus is in a dialogue with them, and specifically at the moment with Peter, Jesus basically tells Peter that you're going to experience a martyrdom. And you know what Peter does right after that? Peter says, well, what about him? Would you do that to God? Would you do that to Jesus? If Jesus says, this is your assignment, would you look and say, well, what about him? I can't imagine. But that's what Peter did. He said, well, what about him? And Jesus basically said, that's not your concern. Your concern is following my call that I have on your life and living faithfully to that. That's your call. He is not your concern. He's my concern. Interesting. We are so wont to compare to other people. A lot of times we do it in order to feel good about ourselves. But we have to be so, so careful with comparisons. We really do. Sometimes we look around and we feel jealousy. Sometimes we look around and we feel insecure. Sometimes we even look around and say, I can't get into a Bible study because I'm going to look so dumb. That is a lame excuse. Because you've got to start somewhere to grow. That's the point and purpose of helping each other grow in the knowledge and the love of the Lord. That's pride. We're all called to grow in the Lord. Period. We're all called to serve the Lord. We're not supposed to look at other people to feel better than or worse than. We can look at other people to be inspired. In fact, if you look at the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the whole point of Hebrews chapter 11 is to get inspired. Because if you look, we, Hebrews 11 talks about Abraham and then Isaac and then Moses and then through the Old Testament people. And oh, by the way, none of these guys were perfect. Just like we're not perfect. But then you get to Hebrews 12 chapter 1. And you see this verse, it says, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. In other words, you've got lots of people to inspire you in your faith, none of whom were perfect. This is not about being perfect. This is about moving forward. This is about growing. This is about being transformed. And oh, by the way, the person you're really supposed to compare yourself to, Hebrews 12, 2, Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of your faith. You want to be transformed? You turn to him. You be filled by his Holy Spirit. Okay, so that's the background. Now we're getting into the three C's that I referred to in the sermon outline. The first C is circumcision. That word doesn't specifically apply to some of you. You're a little slow. But the idea applies. Here's what I mean by that. 
See, when, when Paul is referring to circumcision, what he's saying is that some of you are Jewish Christians who think because of your background, you're better than. You're more holy. You've got a better pedigree or better education or whatever. And that has nothing to do, nothing to do with your continual call to follow Christ. What you need to do is focus on what he calls you to today, now. Not relying on your past. Not relying on credentials. Not relying on, oh, by the way, my family was whatever. Or I was raised in the church. Or I was baptized. None of that. None of that is about today because today is another day to commit to following Christ. We don't rely on our past. We walk with Him day by day. Continually growing in the knowledge and love of Him. You know how many people say, been there, done that, time for somebody else to do it? No. We continually grow. We continually serve. There's no been there, done that. If God is infinite in His love and in His grace... We have the ample opportunity to continually grow. We never stop growing. You know, one time, I've shared this before, but I just love the word. One time, I was talking to somebody about somebody who was involved in something and was kind of throwing their weight around, and he said, yeah, they're a pip. I love that word. Previously important person. Someone who used to be really, really important, and then, you know, they kind of left their life and left their job, and now they're in this position, and they think because of all their expertise, they have the opportunity to be condescending and operate with power to other people, and that's not the way Christ calls us as Christians. See, the reality is we're all equal at the foot of the cross. The reality is we're all called to empty ourselves. The old hymn that says, Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. That's the key. That's the key. We don't rely on anything. We are not earning our way to heaven. That's Not the point. The point is we're growing constantly. Seeking Him. And that's why the next C, commandments. We are seeking to follow His commandments. Again, not earning our way. But Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. See, we misunderstand love in our culture. We think love is all about good feelings and romance and sentimentality. Love is a commitment. Love is costly. 
If you really understand love. And that's why when Jesus in the upper room, as he was looking to the cross, said to his apostles, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He understood that. Because he always, always, always sought to please and live for and was submitted to the Father. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is about a holy life. Love one another as I have loved you, laying down our lives. Most people don't understand that costly love when it comes to serving Christ and serving others. And we have all kinds of excuses for that. And that gets us to the third C, condition. We want to blame the conditions of our lives. Well, you don't know what my life is like. You're right. And you don't know what my life is like. That's not the point. Everybody has their own conditions, circumstances in their lives. Some of what we have to deal with, the condition of our lives, is our own making. We screwed up. We're sinners. We messed up. We've got mess because of that. Some of it has nothing to do with our making. Somebody else's sin. Or just the challenges that we have in life. Economically, health-wise, pain because of someone in our family. Whatever it is. And that's why... Paul brings in another illustration that most of us can't relate to, and that's slavery. He says if you're a slave, you're a slave. Don't get too caught up in that. If you're not, don't worry about that either. The reality is wherever you are, you're called to serve the Lord. That's the one that you look to. You look to serve the Lord, no matter where you're placed, no matter the condition of your life. Why is it we always want to blame something or someone else for not being able to follow him or serve him? We love excuses. We allow others or the busyness of life to distract us. Have you ever heard the line, you want to get something done, ask a busy person? Right? Because busy people know how to prioritize. You've got to prioritize. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Come, follow me, and be my disciple. And Jesus, who said, You call me Lord, Lord, and you're right. But I come among you as one who serves and lay down my life. See, do we really understand discipleship? That's the call on our lives. And he promises to be with us always. I will never leave you or forsake you. He's always there for us. It's we who need to follow Him. Because He promises. As Paul draws this passage to a close, 
He tells us, warns us. About not being a slave to any human master. Contrasting it with a position, a condition. What he's talking about is people will sometimes dissuade you from following Jesus. Mislead you from following Jesus. And ultimately what ends up happening is you become a slave to sin. Scripture talks about the bondage of sin becoming a slave to sin over and over again. And it's oftentimes the call of the world, the call of another person, that will mislead us. Because there's so many truths out there in the world. Everybody has their own truth, allegedly. But Jesus, who is the way and the truth and life, calls us to follow him and walk in his footsteps. You know, in a little while, after we do a baptism, and after we share communion together as God's people, we're going to have our annual meeting. And during our annual meeting, I'm going to introduce a vision statement that we've been working on. A team of people, John Evans, kind of led our way and helped us out with this. And there was a wonderful team of people that were together. And it's very much related to what we've had for years with our upward call, our inward call, our outward call that's in the bulletin every Sunday. But the, the vision that we have is just rephrased in a different way, maybe to give us a fresh outlook as to how we need to be as the people of God, disciples living together. And it starts off with, we are a family of believers. If you really understand, if you really understand what it means to be God's people, this is not everybody individually doing their own thing. What Jesus did when he started his earthly ministry was called 12 men to walk with him day in, day out, to live as family. If you really understand what church is about, it's not punching your clock. It's not doing your obligation. It's not once in a while to feel good. You know, get those sins off me just to feel a little better. It's community which we desperately need today. Growing in the love of Jesus. The love that seeks to follow in his footsteps. The love that seeks to keep his commandments. The love that says, I want to be holy because he's holy. And help each other in that process. Sharing in the joy of worship. This is the most essential part of who we are, is worship. Lifting him up. And sharing in that joy with one another. And if we have burdens and sorrows, that's why we come together. To lift each other up into that joy. That's what we're meant to be about. Are we perfect? No. And some people sometimes are a drag. But we seek to lift each other up in joy. That's the blessing and the challenge of the Christian life. And serving our community and beyond. We are called to serve. Everybody. You are unique in the talents, gifts, abilities, opportunities, relationships that you have. God has made you that way. God has placed you here that way for a reason. You're not here by accident. And God wants to use you. And if you're following in the footsteps of Jesus, you know that's what he did. He came to serve.
We are his people. Not merely Christians by name alone, but Christians who are disciples, who seek to follow him. We're about to share in Madison's little baptism. Opportunity for you to recommit yourself. That we do so in prayer. We do so in saying the creed in question and answer form. And what it means to grow as a Christian. Let's share in that together. Let's pray. Lord God, sometimes I feel as one out of place. That the circumstances are wrong. Maybe I was born too soon or born too late. Sometimes feel like a dinosaur. And yet, Lord, I know you placed me here now. In this family of believers. In these circumstances. And I'm not alone. You've placed us all here now. To follow you. Lord, I pray right now that for those here that are nominal in their faith, nominal in their commitment to be disciples, that you would pour your Holy Spirit on them and they would be filled and transformed. For those who don't know you, Lord, that this would be an opportunity to come to know you as Savior and Lord and be part of your family and a disciple that would seek to follow you. And for all of us, Lord, That we would be on this, on this walk together with you as our shepherd and we as your sheep. Seeking to grow in the knowledge and love of you. Seeking to serve you and others as your family. Lord, help us to be your church. Help us to be your disciples. And we pray this in Jesus' name.